morning. Thank you for joining us on Center Stage, Nonprofits of Tucson. We have the really cool opportunity of getting to know different nonprofits that are in Tucson to hear about what they're doing, the people that they are impacting, and how you can get involved. And I do want to just say that our guest today, um, the topic is a little bit heavy. Um, and I do want to warn that if you do have kids listening, it's just, it is a heavy topic. And so I kind of want you to be prepared. We'll be talking um, about human trafficking survivors. So with that introduction, um, I want to say thank you to Maria Cochran, the executive director and founder of Freedom Warriors, and Lakeisha Pruitt, the number one warrior. Ah. So thank you so much, both of you, for being here. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us, Daniel. So I want to just get started with, you know, this is something that I feel like a lot of times people wrongly think it just doesn't happen here. Um, and they don't necessarily always understand how serious it is, even in our community. And, you know, so I want to ask that you talk a little bit about uh, Maria as the founder, you know, why you started this nonprofit and some of the need that you saw um, and what, you know, you guys are able to meet through Freedom Warriors. Yes, thank you. Um, we um, founded Freedom Warriors in uh, 2000, and uh, I think I can I can definitely, um, you know, f um, be honest with you. I was not um, very, um, you know, fluent on what was happening. Um, we, as a family, we took a trip to Cincinnati and we were um, just by chance uh, went into the Underground Railroad Museum. And, um, you know, it's... Uh, we w went through the history of slavery and uh, with our children and um, towards the end of the um, exhibition across from it was um, something that read modern day slavery. We had no idea what it was um, and we walked in there um, unknowingly and realized that we were looking at um, a very uh, sad and uh, horrific practice that's been going on and um, through there we have learned that the United States is the leading country in human trafficking and um, it generates about 9.5 billion um, annually just in the U.S. alone. Wow. Um, and so these are, you know, things that we... Um, were hit by at the uh, the moment of that visit. Um, not only that, it um, it really affected our children as well. And uh, we could not finish the the visit. We actually um, walked out. And um, on our drive back to Tucson, we realized um, it was in our hearts to begin to do something and um, and bring this awareness. I think that, you know, you kind of hit one of the main things that that's not there, which is the awareness. Um, you know, thinking about other countries, a lot of times people will recognize that it does exist in other countries, but not to realize that it's here. It's in our in our backyard. You know, it's it's right there. Um, and you guys have a, 
a little pamphlet that you brought in that has some statistics on it. And I mean, just looking at some of those statistics, it's, I mean, it's a really sobering thing to realize, you know, um, I don't know how much I want to read on air just because this is, you know, we have families that are on here a lot, but the number of children that are being exploited, um, that every two minutes a child is being prepared for exploitation um, and human trafficking, just the, some of the numbers, I mean, it's really hard when you, when you sit and you think about what's really happening and so close to home. So I want to ask, you know, seeing that the awareness is something that is kind of lacking, what are some of the things that you're doing and how are you working to try to help bring awareness and try to, you know, introduce the need to people who maybe don't realize how close it is? Well, like you mentioned earlier, Danielle, that this is a hard conversation. It's not as light as we would like it to be. So what we're trying to bring out into our community is a way to to take something heavy and educate our community in a light, um, friendlier, softer, kind of wrap it up a little bit tighter for your families can be able to approach it with your children. Because um, although it's a heavy conversation, it's a conversation that should be had. Mm-hmm. Um, be I'm a mother of four and I used to work in early childhood education. And so if we don't say anything because it's scary, then the scary things happen. And yeah. um, as a parent, it's like when you sit down and have them watch cartoons. Cartoons have very serious, com- you know, sometimes serious topics, but they light it up a little bit. And so mm-hmm. um, us stepping out and doing things in our communities um, at some of the middle schools and some of the group homes, that's a way to take this awareness and make it a little bit more family friendly for our communities. Because like you said, it is happening whether we want to say it up front, whether we want to own it, it is something that um, we do need to talk about um, as light as possible, but as meaningful as we can and with fierce um, just ownership and just power behind it um, to just get the word out. Well, and I really, I appreciate, you know, how you're sharing that too. It's it's something that, you know, again, as parents, we need to be talking to our kids about and teaching things uh, like body autonomy. And we know we need to be teaching, uh, I want to say just like stranger danger, you know, just anytime there's a situation that isn't comfortable and also understanding that sometimes within families that they just need to know boundaries that they need to stick to. And and it is a really hard thing um, to know how to present to your kids. And so I love that you're trying to be part of that in helping. And I think even equipping parents is really important too, to know how to have the conversations and to talk about what is happening in the world. Because if you don't know what's happening, then, I mean, it, you're more likely to be a victim of it or to be in some way allowing it to continue. Right, because we live in a world where um, when we were growing up, Maria and I, you seem a lot younger than us, (laughs) um, where we were taught the stranger danger, like you said. And um, I remember the stories about the van and the puppy and the candy. Mm -hmm. And like um, Maria has educated me so much about... um, just more than what I saw as a parent about the grooming inside um, a family and friends. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's, it's not anymore the van. 
the yeah. puppy, the candy. Um, it's very much um, closer. Th- I don't want to say closer than we think, but um, not the picture that we used to paint back in our day. Maria and I, not Danielle. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, you know, that that is, again, another point where a lot of people will think that it's far away. You know, we hear the stories of... Uh, you know, I've traveled abroad quite a bit where I've seen where families that are living in poverty do what they have to do to have money. And that sometimes, you know, they do make choices where it's providing for the rest of their family um, to allow a child to go into bad situations. And, you know, sometimes it feels like it's so far away just because again, it's not, it's not your current reality, but it is happening. And when someone is faced with the opportunity to make money while sacrificing someone else, unfortunately, it can be close to home. It, it can. Yes, absolutely. And I believe that's, you know, it's a big misconception that, you know, it's happening only outside the United States. And um, so that's, that's one of our, you know, purposes is to go out and, and, and be disruptive a little bit with these conversations when, you know, when we're talking with adults, because um, I can, you know, share with you that through the, the, um, small amount of time that we've had this nonprofit um, and the uh, conversations that we've had with other business owners, other businesses, other, you know, people, um, they do find that um, the people that are actually the predators that are doing um, uh, this, they are within our community. Mm-hmm. And, and they can be, um, like you, you mentioned, a parent. They can be a, um, a school teacher, which I believe is very common nowadays. Um, and then also um, it could be law enforcement. You know, just in Oro Valley, there, we've had um, several um, cases. You know, if you were to sit and, and research, you know, we've had several cases of just that. And, and then um, the conversations with others is that what happens, it does, it does not get um, reported. Most people um, I have found that, you know, have been exploited, have had this happen to them. They don't um, share that for whatever fear or rejection or, you know, whatever it may be that's um, holding him, holding them back from sharing um, because it's not, you know, it's not something that you're just going to come out and, and say. And because if you don't have someone that um, you can trust um, to be able to share this type of, of abuse, then uh, it, it's, it's a very lonely and very difficult road and very hard to heal from, this we are getting ready to go into the break but i do want to ask can you please give the hotline for if someone is in a situation where they need help um what is the hotline that they can call yes uh there's a hotline it's at 888-373-7888 you can also text for help at 233733 and can you give us the website for uh, Freedom Warriors? It's um, thefreedomwarrior.org. Um, 
Okay, thank you. You are listening to Center Stage. We are talking with Maria and Lakeisha from Freedom Warriors. When we come back, we will be continuing the conversation, talking about trafficking and talking about the things that they are doing to try to help in this area. And uh, we will be talking about lots more opportunities to get involved. Welcome back. We are talking with Maria Cochran and Lakeisha Bruett from Freedom Warriors. And in the first segment, you know, we talked about how human trafficking is a lot closer than many people want to admit or realize and how these are things that they're hard conversations to have, especially with kids, but that you need to have the conversation and that they need to understand why these things are important and to talk about what happens. And uh, Maria, as we ended the last segment, you were talking just a little bit about grooming and how that kind of happens. Um, can you elaborate a little bit more on that for us? Yes. So um, as of lately, you know, this has become like the uh, number one way to lure kids um, into trafficking because what predators will do is they will target a victim. Um, and usually, you know, it will be a vulnerable child, um, a young adult who is uh, feeling lonely, um, uh, probably a little bit out of control in her environment, her natural environment. Um, and also, you know, they will be targeted through um, any of the social media platforms. But what happens is um, would the predators begin by uh, gaining their trust. They will become friends they will become boyfriends. Um, they will become the um, trusting adult. They know what they are doing, so they know how to um, get themselves into the uh, person's uh, life, mind. Um, so they, um, once they have gained trust then they begin you know to gather all kinds of information on their victim and uh, it could be you know anything that they're they're gaining from um, from their Facebook page from you know who they um, they follow who you know who the family is and they could even you know integrate themselves into the family which is the scary scary part um, and once they uh, have you know their victim then they will start to fill in that need of whatever um, they seem to be missing you know if if this child you know doesn't feel like supported at home then they will you know provide that support um, and then um, after that they will start to isolate this person from from their um, familiar uh, places people and um, eventually the um, the abuse the um, the extortion uh, begins and I think that you know as we're talking about how this process goes it's important for us to remember as parents um, or as adults, you know, if there are teachers listening or someone who is working with kids that the, if you notice that there's a relationship that something feels a little bit off, it probably is. And really being that safeguard for the kids and helping them to be able to 
stand up for themselves and to know what is and is not okay. You know, you can't control everything in their life, but you can help them be well prepared and you can help them be ready to speak up. Like one of our goals is to be able to um, allow our families to help their child navigate through being a kid. Um, One of the things that we've noticed with grooming is your social media. Um, That's super important. I have a Mm 12-year-old son and um, friends like you, Maria mentioned, friends could be a part of that influence to gain that trust. Um, Video games. When your child is sitting at home and although you love him and that video game is occupying his time, that way he's not kind of nagging you, you always as a parent want to check in to make sure who is he communicating with in that network of video games. That's super important. Um, Is it Roblox? Is that what, you know, Minecraft, what we talked about? Um, That anyone can join those games. And so for me, I don't want to call myself a helicopter mom, but I do find myself checking in and asking who is that? Who is that person? Who is that kid? Um, if you have a child with headphones, sometimes you can't hear the voices that are talking back to them. But just kind of poking your head in and being present um, on those type of things, because grooming can happen in t- inside of those video games. Something that's again very innocent, very fun for your son or daughter to be um, enjoying. But there are adults there, and some sometimes you have people who are really enjoying those great things that are really there for different um, purposes and reasons. And so, um, I just want to add, like what we're talking about. When looking at in our in our systems around us, that's something as simple as in our homes, those video games, um, their cell phones. Um, if you have small children and you don't have a cell phone check-in, maybe you should start that where your child checks in their phone at night, like at nine o'clock, and you just go through their phones and their Instagram, their um, Snapchat, because what we learn is that Snapchat, as Snapchat is something that once the picture is sent, it disappears. So what happens to that? Who's seeing that? Where is it going out to? Um, I was just watching my son the other day, and he was on. He was watching one of his friends on YouTube Live, and I'm like, "Hmm, what is this? Like, why is he there? You know, who else is watching this?" And I saw a list of people who had no clue who these people were, and he was just playing a video game. But um, I had I called this child's mom and say, "Hey, FYI." He is live. His visual self is on YouTube. Did you Were you aware of this? And she said no. So um, we not only have to be looking out for our own kids, sometimes as parents we have to help our friends, our loved ones, and just other parents look out for their own kids as well. But um, just to go back to the, the topic of grooming, social media is serious. I know it's light, and I know it's a great way for all of us to connect with our families out of town and friends and just to keep an update on what we're doing in our lives but so are our children our children are doing that that as well and people are jumping into their dms and it seems light um just like a girl posting a really pretty picture of herself and maybe it's a picture in her prom dress it's so innocent but someone could say hey you're beautiful and just teaching um our children to say don't even say thank you sometimes or thank you and move on but when there's a conversation going back and forth that is not a safe space and um, an adult should never be having a conversation with a child knowing that child is underage so um, but that's could potentially where the grooming could happen in those DMs unfortunately Um, hope I didn't get too off topic with that one (laughs) no I think it's it's a really important discussion and 
as parents, if you're going to let your kids play on these games or to be on social media, that it's something that you need to be able to talk to them about the good and bad things that are out there and, uh, you know, to monitor their use for a while and to be aware of what's happening because if you're not aware of it, they may start with something that they don't realize is wrong. And, you know, that that is where a lot of this starts. It's it's something that seems innocent and then it heads in a different direction quickly when it does. Yes. Um, what are some ways that we can get involved as community members, as parents, as people who want to help get the word out and keep kids, families, everyone protected? Well, first, I'm going to say go to our website. So that's a perfect place to start is just going to the website, looking at the information, signing up to be a part of our warriors. We need so many people to just start there. If we can get people to just kind of go to that website and start there. We do have some of our sponsors there, Um, people who are community leaders who are already saying, hey, we stand behind this. You know, we know it's a problem. We're here to support you. So. Um, I'm going to say first, go to the website and see some of that information first. And then um, we have a few other things, a few other people who support us. Um, I think Maria has a list right there. Yeah. So um, one of the things is that, you know, we are uh, business owners that, you know, want to bring that awareness. And what we are doing is we are forming a uh, business against trafficking coalition. And so if you are a business, we want you to reach out to us. We want you to partner with us. Uh, We have, you know, a few businesses um, that are already on board. Our goal is to, by the end of 2024, have at least 10 businesses um, that are uh, providing either uh, financially with goods or uh, just coming out to support during events. Uh, You know, uh, one way of um, one of our partners, uh, which is 440 and Company um, down on 4th Avenue, they have... um, actually created a, um, a candle that we are now, they have on their shelves and we are selling two candles. One is a freedom candle and the other is a warrior candle. So there are many different ways that any business can come out and support us. We, um, we have a great platform through the Oro Valley Chamber of um, Commerce where we are meeting other um, businesses and um, having these conversations and, uh, and, you know, building on our relationships and hoping to grow this um, coalition against trafficking because um, some of the traffickers could be in some of those businesses (laughs) in the community. And do you have any events that are coming up that someone may want to get involved with? So we have um, the um, next event we have, we have partnered with um, a local organization, Lynx, which is um, Building Bridges for Children. Uh, They build um, libraries uh, across the world, basically. And we will be doing, uh, on March 8th, we will be hosting um, the Cabrini movie, which is uh, PG-13 at uh, AMC Foothills at 7.30 p.m. Um, Reach out to us if you want tickets. We are not charging for tickets. We have uh, about 100 tickets to to give out and... um, and for everyone to just come out uh, on 
March 8th is actually um, International Women's Day. <laughs> so we're excited about that. And then um, we do have um, a tentative date where we will be um, collaborating with uh, Southern Arizona Against uh, Trafficking, um, 5.30 p.m. at Roadhouse Cinema. And that information will be coming out on our social media. Okay, and we will make sure to try and get that information out there. Just in case someone is listening and needs that hotline number, can you give that to us again real quick? Yes, 888-373-7888. Thank you so much for listening in. This is Center Stage Nonprofits of Tucson. Today we had Freedom Warriors talking about some ways to get involved and to fight against the human trafficking that is happening. I want to say thank you to our sponsors, Rightway Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing, and Indie Realty. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening.